swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads with bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's horse. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest with toe and earl rock shoes to ever clue easter eggs and gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control issues Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Type it accordingly. Go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for Control Issues. Download it. Subscribe to it. Rate it. Review it. Give us five stars. Also, head on over to Twitter at my control issues that is the handle and pop on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure amc how you living i'm living well this has been this has actually been a pretty chill week i had to redo my christmas decorations because we did the lights in the wrong direction and by the time we got to the end um, <laughs> so like we we did it across you know the house uh, yeah. across our house and the neighbor's house townhouses so everything's connected uh-huh. and by the time we were done doing them um, across the houses we realized that the plug was on the wrong <laughs> side <laughs> and we couldn't plug it in on the neighbor's side because they have a they have a hot tub already set up and when we tried to plug it in it just shorted everything on, on their side so we're like all right well we got to do it so that we can then route all the power to our side so we had to basically reverse all the lights so that was God, that was annoying as shit um other than that what else happened went went, went and got some uh japanese barbecue that was great oh, that yakitori <laughs> yeah or is it is it yakitori i don't know it was guy kaku so i don't really know what the that was the name of the place i have no idea what type of barbecue but it was good it was good it was solid and yeah did the damn thing how about yourself a-dub how was your week pretty eventful i will say uh had a had a good time with, with some co-workers we had a department dinner so we carpooled and just caught up on the good times we witnessed a car crash <laughs> <laughs> we were like two cars away we were like oh and it was right in front of the place that we were going to so that was awesome too it wasn't awesome a dude was upset he just got the chi wagon fixed that was the only line that i heard from any of the people participating in the car crash uh, I, just got, I just got the chi wagon fixed <laughs> <laughs> then um i finally pulled the trigger on a television yes and i got the call today from best buy letting me know that it is available to pick up so that's what i'm going to be doing after the show so by the time the people at home get to listen to this a dub will have a big ass tv in his kitchen because the tv stand doesn't arrive until like wednesday thursday or friday so like later on this week so by the time you listen to this i will have a tv but i probably will have not set it up however this coming weekend later this week it is going down in the most major way. So yeah, I took advantage of the Cyber Monday deal, got myself a Sony A80J. I wanted to get the A90, but you know, 
it, the time to buy is when it's right in front of you and just that 890 it, it costs too much and i just figured it was it's the same tv like it's by and large the same picture quality and everything and that's what i'm really buying it for i put my audio through my monitor speakers and i generally wear headphones so it's not a big deal to lose out on the audio features you know that the big heat sink in the screen that would have allowed me to make it brighter that would have been a nice bonus but you know what regardless i'm coming from a like decade old 42 inch 1080p plasma stepping up to that 4k ultra hd hdr 65 inch oled so that's going to be a significant bump things are going to be larger colors are going to be more vivid brighter lifelike realistic accurate so yeah extremely pumped to go pick that up later today and eventually set it up sometime during the week. It's going to be pure agony sitting here with that thing in the box. <laughs> you know, what? it's all worth it. I originally came from a situation where I was under the impression it was going to take a month before it came in because it was backordered and it came in in a matter of days. So yay me. That's awesome. absolutely awesome. I, I had a, I have a current ongoing issue with a refrigerator that we bought. It was supposed to come, <laughs> I believe, back in july and we still haven't gotten that goddamn refrigerator it's god like, damn yeah it's been delayed multiple times to the point where it's like, a- well we the problem is we need a certain size refrigerator which is not as the i guess the more standard sizes are larger and we need one that's not as like big just to fit in the space that we have it in yeah and so because of that it limits our options and we went through lowe's and yeah, they, they were like, all right, you should have it. And then they're like, sorry, we got to delay it. And they deleted it. And then they deleted it another time. It's <laughs> uh, we're, we're now looking at uh, June. So I mean, not June, uh, January. So we'll see if it actually shows up in January. What'd you get? The TV, the refrigerator? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, um, we bought it so long ago that I already forgot. Dude, I already yeah. forgot. Like eventually, it's gonna show up, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, <laughs> we, we, got, we ordered a refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. You remember? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, the the uh, the supply constraints are are definitely real when it comes to certain, uh, I guess, certain appliances. Unfortunately, but that's great. I mean, hell, right? even books, man. I ordered uh, J.R.R. Tolkien's pictures. It's yeah. his hardcover book of like his, his actual artwork. But Amazon would send me in a shipping update like every two days. Like, all right, it's arriving November 16th to the 23rd about then. And two days later, all right, it's December 21st to the, 20, the 27th. And then two days later, all right, November 27th to the 30th. And then two days later, November like 30th to like, and then eventually it was all right, so we don't know what the fuck's going on, so we need your permission to either cancel this order or to maintain it. And then I was like, yeah, just maintain my order and stop sending me all these fucking updates. And, you know, I'm, I'm cussing a lot today. I'm going to cut that down. But it, eventually they're like, all right, it's been shipped, and it'll be here in like a week. So hopefully that's the last email I get about it before that actual book shows up. Yeah. Um, you know, looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to you getting that fridge. I know that's that's like you really don't think about people's fridges until they're like oh, i'm getting a new fridge it's like yeah you know what <laughs> yeah well, the big it's, one, it's gonna be an upgrade 
Yeah, the big one for us is uh, it'll have a built-in water thing, so we don't, yes. have to, we don't have to worry about the Brita anymore. But that's that's about it. I think everything else is pretty standard. You know, like better better compartments and things along those lines. But the the big thing we wanted was a, a some water. <laughs> I would recommend still keeping the Brita. Okay. Oh, because sometimes and- that water doesn't come out right. Well, it's, it, it also still functions on filters, so you're going to have to replace those, and then you might find yourself in a situation where they don't make filters for that, that model fridge anymore. That's what uh, happened to my parents, and then luckily they found a company that, that makes them, but they had to look for that. So, yeah, yeah stock up on filters. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's good to know. Yeah. All right, but anyways, AW, it mentioned that you, you, you're getting a new TV. By the time they hear this, you will have gotten a new TV. And so I would like to know what you've been playing and what you plan on playing on that new TV. Well, you know, this this past week, uh, I've been popping on Forza, you know, getting my my weekly wheel spins, coming in, checking the seasonal content, trying to get my free cars, finding new and interesting ways to play the game, playing with different vehicles, growing my my ever expanding garage of treats. This the candy shop, as they call it. But uh, yeah, been playing some Forza, been playing some Returnal because I just can't get enough of that game. Both of those games were absolutely snubbed for the Game of the Year nomination at the Game Awards. So somebody's going to get a stern talking to in my head <laughs> because, <laughs> because Jeff Keeley and I don't kick it like that. However, I picked up something new a few days ago, something that I completely forgot was coming out, but something that I was very much looking forward to, I decided to pull the trigger on Chorus. Mm. So, so this is a game made by Fish Labs. It was published by Deep Silver. It's a space shooter in the vein of like Rebel Galaxy Outlaw, Everspace. Uh, stunning visuals. You play as a woman named Nara. She's a former cultist. Mass murder, <laughs> but you know she reforms. She changes her ways. She leaves all that behind. However, as you know, with video games and media in general, your past is never too far behind you. It eventually catches up. She has to. She has to go back and get her ship. That you know, in this kind of cultist, far flung future space sci fi fantasy situation, it's one of those. It's one of those visions where the ship is like a sentient AI itself and the pilot and the ship are bonded together and then there's all this cult shit and she has like an internal monologue. So it's like, you're not just listening to her talk to the ship, but you're also listening to her inner voice as well. So it's kind of interesting. And it actually has some pretty decent writing, some excellent performances. Uh, There's, you never seem to be doing the same thing or should i say you're doing a lot of the same thing but it never feels like you're doing the same thing so it's not repetitive as people try to hurl around like it's a four-letter word however yeah it handles great i think it handles a little better than everspace not quite as well as rebel galaxy outlaw but the combat is awesome i like the streamlined mechanics of it it's really just it's really just like a straight up action game it gives you the impression that it's loop driven and all that but it's it's very straightforward it has side content it even has what looks like some kind of random events that occur as you're traveling through the very large levels that it presents in large 
in general real estate, as well as your ability to go up and down within everything. Uh, like I said, the ship controls are excellent. You can really, you really don't run into stuff unless you're just getting completely careless, which I do most times because the ship handles so well. But you can get into tight spaces. You can navigate within the interior of things very well. It's, you know, you have as easily as you can get up to tremendous speeds. You can also navigate at much slower speeds. It does the thing I like where you can, uh, from the games I played, it was considered disabling the inertia dampers. So that's when you're going in a direction and then you can rotate and move the ship while it's still traveling in that direction at the same speed. So if you're like chasing an enemy and you're about to pass them, then you can keep going that way and like turn and just light up the side of them and then turn back where you go and go straight. It's yeah. awesome. I love it. But yeah, it, it has kind of a kind of a loot system where there's rarities and tiers to the different kinds of weapons and upgrades. However, it's not like there are random drops or anything. Nothing's randomized. Everything is where it is. So it's not it's not loot driven, but there is loot that you're collecting. You can see where in the missions, it tells you what the rewards are insofar as like, oh, it's a ship upgrade or it's a mod or it's a weapon or it's credits or it's some combination of those things. So you know where you know where you're going, you know what you're going to get into, you know what you're going to get. And yeah, it's it's awesome. It's very straightforward. I've gotten well over 60% of the trophies so far. I've been playing it pretty nonstop for the past few days. Every minute of gameplay that I've experienced with the game is up on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. So if you haven't been seeing me play live, you can go on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod and you can check out the gameplay from chorus. Uh, obviously, I'm playing on hard, which is one difficulty below the highest one. So there's a lot of stretches where I'm just killing it, especially at the further I get in the game and the more used to it I get. But then there's also segments where it's like, I'm immediately dying, <laughs> repeating segments over and over. Game has a really good checkpoint system. So it's not like uh, any death sets you back too far, even in boss battles, there are boss battles, one of which I was a little frustrated with until I eventually got my way through it. Uh, also building on the kind of content and the kind of things that you do in the game, what really sets it apart are what's called the rights, which are her cultist abilities. The main character, Nara, her ship goes by the name Forsaken. And she gets these abilities called rights that allow her to do kind of like supernaturally stuff in addition to the space dogfighting. So, you know, normally it's enemies are coming at me. I need to be evasive. Then I turn around, I chase them, I blow them up. But then you also have these abilities where it's like, okay, it's a lot of them. I'm being evasive. I'm chasing them. Like I can't focus too long on any one of them. I have this ability where I can warp in behind an enemy and get some free shots in before they realize I'm there. So that helps, that helps you break up the clusters and cut down the numbers. She also has another ability called disrupt where she sends out a, a bolt of energy that strips the shields off of an enemy ship as well as disables their movement. So they're for a few seconds, they're sitting duck. Uh, I just got a new move 
called, uh, I don't even know what it's called, something star, like falling star, rising star or something, where the ship charges with energy and moves at a tremendous speed and like smashes through other ships and barriers and the like. So you're getting all this. You also have your weapons. It has fixed weapons. There are different ones and you can switch them as well as your upgrades anytime. But at all moments, you have your Gatling gun, which is your standard weapon for enemies with regular red health bars. You use the Gatling gun to cut them down. You have your laser weapon, which is effective against shields. I have a particular laser that has been one-shotting everything, and I'm going to do my best to buff that weapon as soon as possible. Try to get that set bonus. The, the, the items also, some of them have set bonuses and things like that, so that's an awesome touch. You also have your missile launchers, which are for armored enemies and turrets of that nature with the yellow health bars. So at any given time, you'll see a swarm and a mix of enemies, you know, depending on, you know, if they have shields, if they have armor, or if they have other kinds of abilities, you, you alter your tactics and switch your weapons in the heat of combat in order to best deal with the given situation. I mean, you fight a ton of ships and, you know, other things that are your size, but then larger ships come in that have like multiple turrets and they have like very, they have very unique ways that you have to take them down. Like there's one ship you have to take out the thrusters to drop the shield, which lets you go inside of it. So you can destroy all of the, the energy capacitors. And then that takes down another shield and you could take down the reactor, which blows the whole thing up. So I think, that's awesome. Most games like this don't handle interiors that well. This game does. It also just handles general combat very well. It The scale and the look of the levels is awesome. It's on the level of an Everspace. Not quite as big as Everspace is. And, you know, there's nothing randomized. Overall, I'm very much enjoying Chorus. If you're into spaceship fighters, again, this is a game that's similar to Rebel Galaxy Outlaw as well as Everspace. So if you're into those two, I think you'll greatly enjoy Chorus. You know, give it a shot. I think it's 40 bucks on PSN. And yeah, love it. But AMC, what have you been playing? I've been playing Eastward. Mm, Eastward and Super Mario Brothers 3D World. Bowser's Fury, that, that DLC expansion, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so enjoying those two games. Don't have much more to say about Eastward. The game is just continuing to just be very enjoyable. Is the best way I can put it. It's um, I would say it's challenging but not hard. And by that meaning challenging, I can't just walk into a boss battle and just you know stand there, take my lumps, and trade blows with him, and eventually become the victor because the game is real easy. But at the same time, I'm. I'm not dying too often. I have died during some boss fights, but not really like, you know, not in a way like I would expect, like from after playing uh, a couple of roguelikes, we'll just say that it's not at that level of difficulty, but I am absolutely enjoying the game, enjoying the, uh, the story, the development of the characters, the different worlds. I have completed about three chapters at this point, and I'm kind of getting a, a familiarity with like how the game is set up, which is, um, you know, left my underground world hit the first place got to know these people was absolutely awesome some shit goes down i gotta move on and then i go to the next place and then i meet these people and it's it's very much in a post-apocalyptic setting and so you're kind of trying to understand why you lived underground 
like very much in in line with like say the fallout games and then as you surface then to see how people are now i guess surviving or how they've adapted to this new lifestyle so the first place i get to you know very natural they live off of you know the earth they're all about the harvest they have their harvest season and all that good stuff next place i get to it's more of a city and yeah we see what they get into and you know just very enjoyable game got some new weapons got some new psychic abilities so the game also has a level of progression that you know keeps throwing new things at you to keep it fresh so i'm absolutely loving eastward went back um so where i left off with bowser's fury it's actually been a couple of weeks since i played that and person i decided to jump back in and where we had left off is we had basically completed the story of bowser's fury which is um we had our, our big kaiju battle with bowser our final kaiju battle took him out rolled credits all that good stuff but then you know there's there's a lot of um, tokens and coins that we hadn't collected um and so we decided to jump back in and something they did is absolutely awesome is the game recognizes like you're kind of in this new game plus phase Bowser's Fury, where you've you've completed the story aspect of it, but now you're just there to go and do all the uh, the side quests and all that good stuff to find the the cat coins <laughs> that are littered throughout the world. And what they did that's pretty cool is knowing that we beat the final, that we completed the story, they now just laid out on the map everywhere that you need to go to find those cat coins um, and and carry out those side missions to get those to to collect them but on top of that you can also now warp to those areas so you don't have to travel uh back and forth and it's a big open like sandbox uh style of map so there is uh, definitely a great deal of uh, traveling between each of the areas of it and so being able to just warp from place to place definitely is um definitely an improvement as far as uh quality of life goes and with that so now we're just absolutely enjoying it because it, there was like a bit of a like we want we definitely wanted to go back and collect all those things but we knew it was going to be a lot of work but knowing that they're making it a lot easier for us is, as far as um going from place to place and searching and all that good stuff it just makes it that much more um you know palatable and with that we absolutely loved it did some did some fun side quests found some more kittens for kitten mothers and yes. um fought some some shadow marios and things along those lines and it's absolutely great so highly recommend bowser's fury i would put it on my game of the year list but i have this weird thing where it's a port uh so i can't i can't really <laughs> put it on the game of the year list but it's absolutely definitely one of the what do you mean yeah <laughs> but uh it's definitely one of the more enjoyable games that i've played this year i would say but a dub let's get right into these topics of the week top topics, topics of, of the week yeah you know this is you know i thought the news would kind of pick up we, we discussed last week it was the thanksgiving week so normally not getting a ton of news but we still we still searched we still scoured we still found some great news and i thought this week might pick up a little bit more but it's around the same it's a little skim but knowing knowing you knowing me i know we could find some great news so why don't you lead it off a dub with the first topic of the week uh, topic of the week. We got PS Plus games for December. <laughs> yeah, so we just cut right into it. PlayStation Plus games for December are as follows. We got Mortal Shell. If you don't know what Mortal Shell is, it's a Souls-like game. Uh, actually, one of... It, it has a pretty great art style. It initially came out and it wasn't 
terribly well received because of, it had some technical issues, but I believe those have been ironed out. I also believe it got some DLC. It has an interesting mechanic where you basically shell. And so you're fighting, the enemy's about to hit you. Instead of parrying the enemy, you shell, which like your whole body hardens. And you, I guess you don't take damage from the blow, but then like extend your combo and that's how you parry. So I don't know. Give it a shot. Some of you have heard of it. Let other people know about it. A-Dub's going to add it to his list. Probably mess around with it a little bit. Hopefully I don't pop a trophy if I don't like it. So then I could be like, nah, fuck that. And just get it off my record. I don't like having like games where I have one trophy where I'm like, ah, I'm just not into it. <laughs> but I hear you. I, I remember there was like some way to remove them, but I think it was only if you either didn't have any trophies or if it was like a very minimal amount, like that you were able to actually remove it from your history. But I, I hear what you say. I don't like to have that. I just, I touched that game and now it's forever <laughs> stained in, in my records. Yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't pop any trophies, you can delete that card, which I think is kind of silly. I think you should just be able to delete them whenever you want to like, give us the option to delete whatever, trophy things we have or trophy profiles we have but then also just automatically lock them once you earn a trophy that way if you go to it you're not going to accidentally delete it you can just go in unlock it put in your password and then delete it yeah that's that's how i feel about that sony come on man next game ps plus for december we got lego dc super villains so i i don't know what this particular <laughs> Lego game is about, but it's Lego, so you can get the general thrust of it. Is DC supervillains? So I imagine you got to be playing as the supervillains of DC. Uh, over at IGN, they're saying this lets players romp around the DC universe as Joker, Harley Quinn, and more classic bad guys from the Injustice League. The game is both stylish and jam-packed, full of fun action, making it another solid entry in the long, long-running Lego franchise. In the third game. For your PS Plus goodness for December, Godfall. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got we got a PS Five game. On got a PS Five game. On uh, However, <laughs> <laughs> there is a catch to this one. Uh, apparently, it's not the full version of the game. Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's what's called the Challenger Edition. Yeah. According to Logan Plant, uh, this one focuses on three unique modes, those being Lightbringer, Dreamstones, and the Ascended Tower of Trials. These are all in-game content, meaning the version offered as part of PS Plus will push players immediately to post-game content with max-level characters pre-equipped with the right gear and weapons. AMC... You know how I feel about this. <laughs> how do you feel about this? I mean, I to be honest, when I saw Godfall on there, I had already like out of sight, out of mind. Like it, it just it's not a game I've ever been interested in. And just based on what I've seen, it's it, just not a game. And knowing that it's I don't know, this version of it just <laughs> gives me more reason to not add it into my library. Uh, I don't know. How do you, how do you how do you feel? I I know you're the uh, you're the resident Souls fan, and this is um, kind of one of those Souls clone style of games. So, well, insofar yeah. as the combat, it's more of yeah. a it's more of a, a loot driven kind of game like that. Like it's it seems on paper, or at least the way that I've 
gathered information. It seems to be a blend of souls and Diablo. And butt mashing, butt mashing, press X to win. <laughs> You're rolling. <laughs> they see me rolling. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's like when it said Godfall and Mortal Shell, I was like, awesome, two games. I'm going to add to my queue. I'm definitely going to give Godfall a shot. When I found out it's this Challenger edition that doesn't have the main campaign of the game, it just gives you the in-game content with a max level character. It was like, all right, I'm not downloading Godfall because the whole point of games like this is that grind of building up from level none to level done and then getting to the in-game content. It's that span of time that the game introduces you to its mechanics incrementally it introduces you to the loot and the set bonuses and the augmentations and modifications and whatever else it's doing to modify your your moves your abilities your character your overall experience it's doing that incrementally you're getting your reps in to understand the game to understand the equipment to understand your play style and how you want to engage in-game content by basically just throwing you're not even throwing people in the, the deep end of the pool you're throwing them in the ocean <laughs> like, like the middle of the ocean and just expecting them to swim back to shore with no shore on the horizon it's like i i don't understand why they would do such a thing like this i mean maybe people online have been saying bad things about the campaign or I, I don't know. I just don't get it. I One of the reasons that I love Diablo 3 is that going from 1 to 70, unlocking your abilities, unlocking your rooms, building your arsenal, getting those random drops and getting something that changes your play style, taking it into an entirely different direction, like that experience of building from the ground up a whole, a whole new, unique character that you know, I've built several mages. I've built several necromancers. I've built several monks, but none of them are the same. I mean, they could be if I decided like, okay, I'm going to make it just like the other one, but I don't do that. I try different things. And it's that journey of getting them to that somewhat finished state. That's where the magic of these kind of action RPGs are. So for them to just completely remove that, it's like, you're not even giving me the game. You're just you're wasting my time, really. That's that's how I feel about it. I hate to be harsh, especially for a game that I was interested in and that I did want to try, but it, it, this, this should have been an easy layup, and it's not. <laughs> so that, that's how I feel about it. How, how do you miss the layup? Yeah, it's... it's uh especially a game that I feel like could use any type of boost right now. If say the game is actually good and just people slept on Godfall, um, this would have been a good way to, you know, get into a couple of people's hands and then to, you know, preach the gospel of Godfall. Exactly. But we're at this point now where I don't know, we'll see if people play this and they're like, you know, the end game content is great. So I'm now going to spend, it's a $70 <laughs> on Godfall. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's it's i don't know i it's one of those things it's gonna come and go maybe i get, I feel like only good will come out of it if people somehow realize that the godfall is a good game but to to give it this way um yeah i don't know i don't i don't know you do. Uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> well ign goes on to note that 
in the PlayStation blog. It says that Godfall Challenger Edition will be compatible with co-op and cross-gen play, where players want to access the campaign for Godfall <laughs> and the Fire and Darkness expansion. You'll have to upgrade to the Deluxe Edition. I mean, maybe that campaign is just so precious that they were like, nah, you got to pay for nah, that shit. Nah, nah. Nah, <laughs> nah motherfuckers. <laughs> nah, it's that Overwatch 2. You got to pay for that. So, so And then uh, going on with PS Plus, it should also be noted that there are VR games as well. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get The Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, The Persistence, and Until You Fall. So, yeah. They're giving away free PSVR games to celebrate the platform's fifth anniversary. So even if you don't have a PlayStation VR, you can still download those games. Oh yeah, yeah, not 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 bad. Uh, I will say this: uh, as long as there's always one game that I would consider downloading, it's not a bad month. And the Lego game, it's not a game that I will play, but it is a game that I will add just in case, you know. Maybe Theo will want to play as the Joker in the Lego world at some point. But, um, and I always hear that those Lego games are pretty charming. So maybe it's a game that will, like, I'll give a chance one day. But other than that, um, don't really know much about the first game you mentioned. And obviously, Godfall is, I already stated where I'm at with Godfall. I, I very much enjoyed what time I put into Lego Avengers. So, I mean, Lego is, is a win in my book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Let's get into our next topic. Top topic, topic of the week. You know, let's get into a, a meteor story, A Dub. This one having to do with some shakeups at EA, A Dub. Oh, but in particular, happening? some shakeups when it comes to the franchise of Battlefield. Field, field, uh, field, field. Battlefield in the news, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's get right into it. Um, so, you know, to let's just set the table real quick. We just had the release of Battlefield 2042, slightly in the ah, slightly in the future, but not not present, not super future, but you know, 20 years, so we can get some laser weapons in there, maybe. But yeah, there, this is a game that it was delayed by a month. Not bad, you know. One month delay is usually not a big issue. The thing with this though being that the one month delayed had it then coming out after Call of Duty Vanguard which is, uh, you know, their big rival when it comes to these first-person shooters. So mm-hmm. to lose that, you know, that one-month advantage on the release of Call of Duty was a little unfortunate. And then for the game to launch, it also had um, quite a deal of bugs. So you know, <laughs> just Battlefield, you know, the state of Battlefield in a bit of a rocky place, we'll say. And so we got some announcements, obviously things in the works. So the first one was uh, an announcement that we're going to get a Battlefield Connected Universe, or at least plans for a Battlefield Connected Universe. Who knows what that means? There's been a lot of talks about shared universes, meta-universes, things along those lines. But um, yeah, so Battlefield is going to get a Connected Universe, so more on that. But with that, there's also shakeups when it comes to the leadership of Battlefield A-Dub. So yes. this coming by way of game GameSpot in an interview uh, so Dice GM Oscar Gabrielson is leaving the company to pursue a new endeavor outside of EA. The shakeup also includes Respawn's Vince Zampella, which you know, the boy, um, your boy Vince, Vinny, Vinny, taking, Vinny on a, <laughs> Vinny Z, taking on a bigger role as the new overall boss of the Battlefield franchise. That's not the only thing. While Halo designer Marcus Leto 
is building a new development team in Seattle focused on injecting more storytelling into the Battlefield into the Battlefield universe. On top of that, Ripple Effect, the developer of Battlefield's Battlefield 2042's Portal Mode, is developing a new Battlefield experience in the Battlefield 2042 universe. All right, and then more on that. The other Battlefield games and experiences in the works are meant to serve as extensions of the new Battlefield universe that EA is trying to create. There are no more specifics available about the new games and experiences that EA intends to create or when they will release as of yet. So, hey, Doug, there's a lot of information there. Um, But, yeah, knowing that one Battlefield plans on doing, I guess, a shared universe. But on top of that, uh, Respawn is, you know, gaining more and more control and battlefield being one of the signature franchises within ea now basically going over to respawn at least being headed by respawn's head um i don't know what are your thoughts on at least the impact that that might have knowing that you know respawn has as of late been had 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 a lot of success with apex legends you know jedis and all those all the other games that they put out titanfall um their direction behind battlefield do you think that it could have a more positive effect with their competition with Call of Duty? I mean, I think you already said it. Respawn has been on a hot streak. I mean, Apex Legends, Titanfall 1 and 2, Star Wars, Jedi Fallen Order. They've shown that they can not only do, they can not only make great games, but they also make great first-person shooters. They can make very different and nuanced first-person shooters. Titanfall, you're playing as a dude in a mech suit but then you're playing as a dude and like, you know, you can go back and forth between that. Uh, I believe the Titanfall 2 campaign was celebrated widely for its very well done campaign. They say it's one of the better first person shooter campaigns that's available. So I'm a little upset that I didn't, I believe Titanfall 2 might've been given away on PS plus or something like that. There was an opportunity for me to get it. Yeah. And I didn't get it. I should have got that because I love giant robots. I love future stuff. So that was, that was a fit. I wasn't hip to the goodness that is respawn, but yeah, they did Titanfall. They did Titanfall two. They did apex legends, which is your, your battle Royale three person team shooter class based you know, futuristic stuff, compete, kind of mixing Fortnite with Overwatch. So AMC has played a lot of it and probably knows more about it than I do and give you better impressions. However, you know, Respawn, they've shown that they know exactly what the hell they're doing. They've also shown that it's not just limited to a particular genre. They went from making these first-person shooters of various types and styles to making arguably one of the greatest Star Wars games ever made. Definitely the best Star Wars game to come along in a very long time. Uh, Easily the best Star Wars game that has come out under EA's holding of the license for all this time. So we'll see what other studios bring to the table when they eventually start making Star Wars games. Looking at you, Ubisoft Massive. But yeah, man. So Battlefield 2042 had a very tumultuous launch that's very unfortunate for the franchise very unfortunate for dice in ea however with this new leadership i can definitely see them making a very sharp 180 and turning this whole thing around as well as taking battlefield to heights never before seen with the franchise i'm very optimistic about this this might even put something like battlefield on my radar i don't know how 
to feel about this potentially stacking up against Call of Duty because you know people have their feelings. People have their feelings about Call of Duty. Like some people love it, some people hate it, some people say they hate it, but deep down they love it because they can't stop playing it. And you know, it it's a mixed bag. But insofar as Battlefield, if it was ever going to be a like a true Call of Duty competitor and perhaps, you know, come for that crown, come for that throne, Vince leadership will definitely get them there. So I'm very excited to see what the future of Battlefield holds, especially since they're doing this, this BFCU. Um, are they going to get Robert Downey Jr. in there? I don't know. But it's going to be very interesting to see what this shared universe situation is going to pan out into. You know, They're, they're trying all kinds of new things with games. I'm, I'm not a fan of everybody getting on this shared universe stuff these days. <laughs> metaverse and everything it's like look marvel did it it was awesome all y'all don't have to do it dc tried to brute force it and that didn't work out for them if you're gonna do it put in the time and energy necessary to cultivate that over time don't just don't try to come out the gate with avengers avengers did not happen overnight so (laughs) take your time get your iron man get your thor get your captain america then get your avengers get your guardians of the galaxy get your Black Widow, get your Hawkeye, <laughs> then get your Infinity War. Like, build, get your Black Panther. <laughs> Gotta build the show. Get your Shang-Chi. Get your Doctor Strange. Get your Aquafina. <laughs> you better get Aquafina. I better see Aquafina in some video games one of these days. You put Aquafina in anything, I'm spending money on it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I like this idea, too, because um, one of the, I guess, the criticisms, you know, with any any of these team deathmatch style of games, but with a uh, battlefield 2042 is that it launched without a campaign. You know how people feel about their multiplayer games that don't have a campaign that they don't play, but if it's not there, <laughs> upset about it. Yeah. But the, um, the idea that they're going to do, I guess, spinoff games or extensions of battlefield 2042. And so this idea that they can maybe have, you know the multiplayer focus game and then also have a more story driven game but it's its own separate game instead of you know tacked on like five hour campaign to this um, massive multiplayer game and so um i think that's a good route the fact that they're bringing in it seems like good talent with uh, the guy that was the former head of hate behind halo uh to come in and focus on this story driven effort um it's a good route and especially with now like keep this in mind there's been a lot of criticism and I think a lot of it's just, you know, typical games media bullshit, but there's been, it seems like a lot of criticism when it comes to these, these flagship franchises, uh, whether it's call of duty, we've seen it with uh, far cry and, and battlefield where it's like, they're just kind of dipping in, in the well too much. And especially when it comes to uh, these uh, war, these military uh, shooter uh, shooters, a lot of them, they go to the future and eventually they go back to World War II and then they'll come to the present and then they'll go to the future and it, it kind of just goes in this cycle. And so to see that they're going to instead focus on Battlefield 2042 and develop from there, I think that might be a way to keep things fresh while also, you know, focusing on one thing as opposed to just, you know, hitting the same areas, but not having anything specific, like where it's like, we just go to World War II we're not going to have any real major characters, 
but we're going to do a story that's in that setting. Now we can actually develop some characters have people that people now recognize whenever they jump into a battlefield game um, and things along those lines. And it's a way to, you know, really appeal to the hardcores of the community because those people are the ones that are really going to, you know, stick with it when it comes to, you know, building up the lore and developing wikis behind it and things along those lines. So I think this is a good route. We're seeing this with like other companies with Ubisoft and, and their plans of um, building as opposed to, you know, doing the annual releases, building from certain games and just making them larger. And so I think this is a good route to, you know, break up a little bit of the the cycles that these developers have been doing when it comes to these, these big franchises. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Not a lot of information there, but um, it would be kind of cool to see what a story driven battlefield game would look like. A dub. Let's get into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. What you got? Oh, you know what I got. Uh, normally, we don't do this, but we got to keep the party going because we're trying to fill this show up. <laughs> <laughs> we hear control issues. We don't like to engage in rumors. However, a pretty substantial one has come across the desk. <laughs> I think it, I think because it was a slow news week, maybe the outlets just threw some red meat up there for the for the fanboys to fight over. However, there's a little rumor swirling about concerning PlayStation and their offerings in the way of the subscription services. So coming to you from IGN, they're saying PlayStation is reportedly working on an Xbox Game Pass competitor. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, to get into specifics, uh, the report coming from Bloomberg says that sources familiar with Sony's plans share details of a new service codenamed Spartacus, where PlayStation owners can pay a monthly fee for access to a library of modern and classic games. This is the same model used for Xbox's popular Game Pass service. Uh, the documents on the project revealed three tiers for their upcoming service. The first includes the same benefits as PlayStation Plus, and that is probably the thing that I'll do because that's all I really need in my life. Uh, this is required for online gaming and comes with some free games each month. A higher tier offers access to the gaming catalog like Game Pass, and a third tier will include extended demos, game streaming, and access to a larger library that includes PS1, 2, 3, and PSP games. God damn. Yeah. AMC, how do you feel about this? Rumor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rumor. <right. laughs> with, with a capital R. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I would like to see how it works out. So, you know, I just personally, I don't really play a lot of old games. So I have uh, I have Nintendo Online, and one of the big features of that is it comes with uh, the SNES and NES games. And it's only $20 a year, so it's a very low, um, you know, it's very low value or very great value, as I'll say. Uh, $20 a year, you can, I literally forget about it. But mainly I use it because I pay $20 and I can play, um, what is it? Uh, Tetris, Tetris Max, whatever, that that Tetris uh, Battle Royale Tetris game. Effect. No, Tetris it's, 99. Yeah, Tetris 99. There we go. Tetris 99. And then um, they also put in a, a Pac-Man 99 on there too. And, and those games are absolutely amazing. And that's pretty much why I pay $20 a year for Nintendo Online. It also happens to have a bunch of great like old SNES and NES games on top of that. They recently added the, um, the N64 Sega Genesis expanded tier where you can pay 
you pay, I think it's like somewhere around like 40, maybe 50 bucks a month and get access to those games. I believe a month. No, 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 sorry, a year. A year. Oh, a month month would be ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, a year. And they just announced, I think um, they added uh, Paper Mario. The, the OG Paper Mario from N64 to that, so people can look forward to that. Okay. But here's the thing. like it's, it's cool. I always get excited when they add new games on there, but here's the other part. I've never actually gone back and played any of those games, <laughs> and, and I probably will never go back <laughs> and play those games just because there's too many great new games to play, and I just don't have time like that. Wait. So it's so on a personal level, it's something that sounds cool. Um I know you would express some worries about like, what does this mean for the current PS plus like uh, membership? If it's one of those things that I'm not paying any extra and I can basically do the, uh, I pay for Xbox live, but I'm not getting game pass situation. Then that's probably the route that I'll stick with. I'm sure there are a ton of people who would be excited to get access to, you know, that entire backlog, that, that, that catalog of um, PS, especially PlayStation one, PlayStation two and PS three games to get access to all those games that um, the notable ones, at least that people look forward to going back and playing all the time on their old consoles, mm-hmm. um, getting access to that, I think will be, you know, a great benefit to the people who are all about the um, games preservations and things along those lines. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not something that's personally appealing, but if it's a great value, then I think it's absolutely awesome. And it's a great way to get people to play some games that maybe have been forgotten and, um, for Sony, I mean, how about yourself? What are your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, based on the information, they're talking about tiered services where PlayStation Plus, as it is, is the lowest tier. Like that eases my worries about like, oh, they're gonna jack up the money on me, <laughs> nickel and dime me, Sony. No, but yeah, if I could just keep my PS Plus the way it is, that's fine. I feel like if they have the capacity to give me access to PS One, Two, and Three games, then they would also have the capacity to allow me to play my games that I already have. So I'm not going to pay them any kind of recurring fee to play games that I already own. If you can't enable it on the console at no additional charge to me or as a part of the service that I'm already paying for, then personally, I don't want it. Uh, Like you said, this is awesome for people who are in a games preservation and people who want to play those, those old games you know, hopefully they get some kind of boost or something. I don't know, but that's a that's a game pass thing. Ultimately, it's it's a rumor, so I will give credit where it's due in that most rumors have been pretty accurate these days. So maybe this does turn into a thing around springtime, and we see what's really going on with Sony and their offerings. You know, just on paper and just theoretically. I'm perfectly fine with it if my world doesn't change. I'm perfectly fine with it if it gives access and content to people who want this stuff. But personally, I don't think I'll be indulgent. I buy new consoles to play new games. So that's what I want. I mean, I'm glad that they gave us backward compatibility with PS4 games because I've been playing a hell of a lot of PS4 games since I've gotten my PS5. But, you know, once those PS5 games start rolling off the assembly line, I'm not really going to be playing much PS4 games anymore. So that's that's how that goes. But there are other folk who got some very hard and definitive stances on what they think about this rumored service. 
And we're gonna tell you what they think this time. Oh, troll of the week, troll of the week, troll of the week, troll of the week. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, so not not too many people, but it, it's just funny seeing we clearly let you know that this is a rumor. This is not set in stone. These details are not final. We don't even know if this is going to happen, but everybody's got their opinions. Everybody out there trolling. So first troll says, and just like that, Game Pass is irrelevant. (laughs) That's great. I mean, to be fair, Sony would have a leg up in this situation because they would be able to offer all of their games, which aren't available anywhere else. And that is a significant boom, uh, even over the likes of Nintendo, who's kind of rolling things out a little bit at a time. But they are rolling things out, so give Nintendo their credit. However, though, I mean, just that PS3 library alone is going to be monstrous. So, But then, you but know, like, most of like that what, library is third parties, though. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what games? Like, um, like there's, there's obviously some good, like, first-party games, but, like, what are the... Uh, yeah, exactly. That's that's my whole thing is what are the big games that like I would necessarily want to go back and play? Like Infamous um, one and two. Shall I continue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's those are the two. Those are like the two, like um, those are the two I will go back for. Infamous one and two. I mean Demon Souls, if you don't want to play the remaster, because yeah, you have the remaster. Yeah, the remaster. Yeah. Of the remake. But yeah, but you know how people are. It's like, oh, they ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> the original was perfect so I think yeah because like like a lot of that stuff like they plan like I don't know, obviously there's like talks of them planning to do like uh an uncharted like an update you know with uh with that trilogy and then also but you have the nathan drake collection yeah and then there's also the last of us will probably also get like a remaster but we have a remaster and, uh, exactly. <laughs> so like there's a lot of it where it's like do i really need to go back and play those old games i mean there's even like like if fire fantasy 7 was on there it's like i have the remake like, yeah <laughs> so like, like i don't know there's there's a lot there but yeah keep going i'm sure there's a lot of people who are like super excited but i don't want to shit on their their excitement but keep going yeah. next show says what happened I thought their games were too good to be in such a service. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what people said. That's not what Sony said. And apparently, Sony may be thinking that their games can be on a service like that. So it doesn't... Them possibly doing this, Yeah, this is a rumor, doesn't invalidate the opinion of everyone else that their games are that good, that you just just buy them they don't need to be in a subscription service well and also the uh the big thing that i think a lot of people are also assuming would be the case is that they're they're not going to do the uh launch day like they're not going to do that when it comes to their ps5 exclusives so unless they did that that would be a whole different bargain as far as like the value of it but the assumption is it's going to be all, all their old games so until they do that that will always be the greater value of game pass is that you can yeah. play halo infinite on launch but um yeah sony still feels like their current gen games, PS5 games, exclusives, those games you will be paying $70 for. Mm-hmm. So don't don't try to get around that shit. And so, yeah, they yeah. still value those games in that way. 
We didn't raise these prices for nothing. <laughs> but I mean, you got games like Parappa the Rapper just chilling out there. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> Jumping Flash one and two, <laughs> and we really deserve a Jumping Flash three or some kind of remake of the jump. A remake of Jumping Flash would be monumental. Yeah. But like as you were saying, like the big things that I think about when it comes to like old PlayStation games, it's especially it's like the PS2 games when I, I think of like Max Payne and like Path of Neil, things along uh, those lines. But those are all obviously, yeah, third party games. So I don't know, like hopefully they get access to shit like that. And, and they're that on way, Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Max Payne trilogy on Game Pass now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like those are the ones that like I would be more excited for. Jet, oh, no, Jet, Lee, Jet, Lee, Jet Lee Rise to Honor <laughs> brought that, that back. <laughs> I think that was slept on. I think yeah. I think Lil Knees was ahead of his time <laughs> with Jet Lee Rise to Honor. I mean, that was like, I love other that. than Super Stardust, that was like one of the first twin stick games. It was uh, like a twin stick action game. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> that combat system. <laughs> mm, that game was amazing. Yes. Next show says, says, to be the best you need to copy the best <laughs> achievements, trophies, Game Pass, Game Pass. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I mean, let's uh, for a second, let's not pretend that every company doesn't copy each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean Nintendo. Nintendo, other than Nintendo, because they're just the innovator. But in in that essence, they did copy the premium subscription model that was brought to the table uh, initially by Xbox charging for online with Xbox Live and then Sony with PlayStation Plus. But PlayStation Plus wasn't for online. Online was still free. That happened in PlayStation 4 era. And then, so, you know, it's, it, it's cyclical. It goes around. But, I mean, Nintendo, shoulder buttons. Analog stick, rumble pack. Could <laughs> <laughs> have been the first with CD-based games, but then it was like, nah, and that's how we got the PlayStation. So, and then, you know, Microsoft, like I said, Xbox Live comes out, they're leading the pack there, then PlayStation Plus comes around, they're giving away free games, PS Now comes around, the Game Pass comes around, and then Xbox makes achievements, Sony makes trophies, and Nintendo, I don't know what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> accolades I don't know, something but yeah it, it's a lot of copying and it's not copying it's more like emulation it's ideas it's the sharing of ideas this is how we get to a better place we take things that work we leave behind the things that don't we continue to stand on the shoulders of those who came before us in order to see further down the road at what's next so get out of here with all that copying stuff Everything you have is the result of somebody seeing another idea and integrating it, iterating upon it, and making something better based upon it. Or yeah. Just it to their so, story. like, Rockstar is the only like the only company that can make open world games. Yeah, everybody copy. <laughs> well, now Ubisoft. Now it's just Ubi filler. Yeah, Ubi filler. Ubi <laughs> yeah. scrub. Yeah. Next show says, "Look at all these Xbox fans inhaling their copium." What mental gymnastics will they be performing this time? Did you know about that copium? <laughs> Did you know about it? Got a whole <laughs> jar of it. Came with my Xbox. No, but uh, th- this comment is originating because, of course, when anything Game Pass related is mentioned, here come all the Xbox fans to let people know how great of a value it is and how amazing that it will always be because nothing will ever be as good as Game Pass. But, you know, they're kind of fidgeting now just at the mere thought of Sony offering a similar service because those PlayStation libraries are the undisputed champions of gaming. 
if you don't know, now you know. Next Troll says, I'm expecting none of their hardcore fans to sign up considering they've been saying that these prices are, excuse me, saying that these types of pro-consumer business practices will kill the industry and are bad for developers. No, that depends. The reason that people have been saying that, especially in the case of Microsoft, is because they're having these massive outlays of cash with no explanation as to how they're covering these expenses other than, oh, we just have money in the bank. Like one of the things that would be really great about Sony offering a competing service to Game Pass is if they will more than likely share the numbers with us so we can actually know how the business works and whether or not it is sustainable. Sony's transparent in that way unlike microsoft was just well, like yeah it they, works <laughs> are they because we don't really i still don't really know how ps plus works when it comes to like the free offerings like how much sony's paying those those, yeah. those developers to release their games for free especially yeah. the the ones that are releasing like with launch like i'm not sure i wonder how much like they paid like was it like for rocket league because that was a, that was a huge one Fall i Guy feel like you i feel like it was talked about and I think that if you look hard enough, you might be able to find some information. Whereas with Microsoft, they just, it works. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm sure they're not going to put out like a detailed expose on like, okay, this is what we do at every step of the process. But at least there will be some kind of indication like, all right, this is succeeding or this is not succeeding. Because I mean, we do have PlayStation Plus, we do have the free games. Microsoft does their games with gold, so it's a similar thing. I can see how that works. Everybody pays for Xbox Live. The issue with Game Pass is that not everybody who has Live has Game Pass, and not everybody who has an Xbox has Live, and whatever that. I, I would just like to understand better where all that goddamn money's coming from. If like how how the fuck does it work? <laughs> and I, uh, mainly because I would like to get a better idea of whether or not this is indeed the future of gaming. Like if it's just making cash hand over fist, then I'm probably going to have to prepare myself for a subscription-based streaming future with video games. However, if it's not making money hand over fist and it's just a periphery service that's offered in addition to selling consoles in the traditional business of selling games, then I can rest assured that I'm still going to be able to buy the games I want and ignore the ones I don't. Last thing I want to do is end up in a situation where I'm looking at a screen filled with games that I don't give a shit about. It's already bad enough that I have to go on these digital stores and granted they have search features, but just like one of the things that annoyed me the most about buying Forza Horizon 5 was that it's your newest, hottest game. Why is it not the first thing I see on your storefront page? What the hell? So I had to like sift and find that. Like, I don't want to look for games. I want, I want the stuff I want front and center. And I just want to get what I want, get out and, you know, just, just leave me alone. Stop intruding on my experience. Like, why do you have to be involved at every step? Just give me my game. Get the fuck out of my life. I bought your box. I bought your goddamn game. Like, when is it enough? Just leave me alone. <laughs> Man, you were struggling with it. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I feel the same way with like PlayStation's, like how it's set up now. Like, I used to love my theme, and now it's like when I open it up, I'm immediately getting an advertisement for a video game. And I'm like, what the fuck happened to my theme? Like, why am I getting like, why are you letting me know about like your current like first person shooter that's coming out? Or like, I for me, I've been getting a lot of Sifu. Like right when I open up my PlayStation for some reason, <laughs> you're like, are you listening to me? Like what's going on here? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's just the way that they've set up the, their OS now. It's, it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, 
it's one of, I think it's, you either like it or you don't like, it's like one of those things like Spotify, you either do, you either buy your music now or you have a subscription service. I don't think one's ever going to replace the other. It's just, there's always going to be an option. And so yeah. it's just a matter of like, what's what people are in favor of, but it's, it's always, you could still buy your music if you want to, or you could have a Spotify subscription and it's, it's always going to be a choice for people. Next joke says, Sorry, lame station. Not interested. <laughs> you know about that lame station, yeah. that delay station, <laughs> yeah, delay station, Marvel that, station, the indie station. station, Marvel station. Is that a thing now? That was when after was it the uh, Wolverine? Yeah, exactly. Where they announced Wolverine, and then you know, obviously, like new Spider-Man two coming, and people were just like, "Oh, it's just Marvel games from here on out." <laughs> if Marvel put out a console. And seriously had a stable of quality developers just putting out nothing but Marvel games. I would buy that without question. Oh yeah. Especially like the, the hit rate that they have going on right now. Most of their games are have been killing it as of late. Dude, if Wolverine sticks to landing, it is yeah. over. Like uh, comic book games ha- would have finally like come into proper form. <laughs> Next show says yeah. Dumb move on Sony. If you read online, PlayStation owners hate Game Pass, so they will never like this. Okay, just a little clarification here. PlayStation owners don't hate Game Pass. They just hate all you assholes who talk about nothing but Game Pass every fucking chance you get, even (laughs) on the goddamn PlayStation boards. How about you shut up about Game Pass so that the people who don't want it or don't have any interest in it can continue on with their lives as normal instead of you coming in talking about how great of a value it is and how you're going to get everything day one on it and you should really get it because I don't want it and I don't need it. I buy my games. I'm setting my ways. Leave me alone. It's my money. It's my time. Last troll. It's a shame PlayStation doesn't have any original ideas anymore. From the brand that brought you Ghost of Tsushima, from the brand that brought you The Last of Us, from the brand that continually brought you Ratchet and Clank, but okay, they didn't own Insomniac at the time. So whatever, knock that one off. From the brand that brought you Demon Souls, because they own Demon Souls. From the brand that helped bring you, oh, excuse me, from the brand that brought you Shadow of the Colossus, Ico. From the brand that brought you Uncharted. From the brand that brought you God of War. From the brand that brought you Twisted Metal, Horizon Zero Dawn. No original ideas. From the brand that brought you Days Gone. The game that you didn't give a chance, <laughs> that you could have got a sequel for. Now, you didn't give it a chance. Now you want a sequel. <laughs> it's messed up what, you, what you're doing here. So, no original ideas anymore. Show me, show me all the original ideas everybody else has, except Nintendo, because they're just full of original ideas. They're, like, all praise due to Nintendo. If anything, this Troll of the Week has rekindled my, my love, respect, and appreciation for Nintendo, because they're just excellent at everything they do, except monetizing stuff because they, Nintendo doesn't know how to ask for money so they don't give you enough and they ask for too much. <laughs> yeah, what, they, what they do is they just say because their their first party games sell like crazy and so what they say is we're never going to discount anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you will always be paying $60 for anything we put out. Yeah. A game you played in the past 
it's going to cost you another 60 bucks to play. Yeah. Like that's how, that's how Nintendo operates. Um, yeah, they have no perception of value. Like they overstate everything. And it's fine because they, yeah. they give you good quality stuff, yeah. but come on Nintendo, you got to get better. <laughs> yeah. And like, um, but also it's like the places where you want, like, as you were saying, the places where you want them to be original is exactly where they are when it comes to Sony. And that's with their video games. What we're talking about here is a service. A service yeah. is anybody can copy a service, but really what it comes down to is how are the games that are going to be on that service? And the thing you can mm-hmm. always expect from Sony is that they're going to put out some awesome, original, creative games. And so that's really the most important part. The idea of stealing a service, that's not the biggest, the biggest problem. Also, yeah. they got they got all these VR games. What if those VR games eventually end up on that Ooh. service one day? Um, and so there's there are a lot of options. That's one thing that Game Pass can offer is a subscription service that has a bunch of VR games. And that's that's one thing with when it comes to VR is you want to play a bunch of different games. And you know, I'm not I'm, you know I'm not fully adept when it comes to VR titles, but I'm assuming they're all not like long 100 hour experiences or whatever. Like there's not like a ton of Skyrim style games on VR headsets. And so having access to a bunch of VR games, I think would would be a way to give them a leg up when it comes to this type of service. So that's always something that they could, you know, just pull out of their ass if they want to increase the value when it comes to, you know, whatever this ends up being or possibly becomes. So yeah, there's there's plenty of routes they could go and to attack them for possibly copying a service. That's that's definitely not one thing to really knock them on. Uh, can we pause it? My my parents just got here. Oh yeah, of course. And just like that, Dub's parents arrived, and it was time for him to go to get a new TV. Yeah, sorry, getting this out a couple days late. We were gonna try to pick it back up, record at least finish the episode, but it, you know scheduling didn't work out. I got kids; he has a life. So we decided we're just going to pick it back up next week. You'll learn about Dub's new, amazing new TV, his OLED, Sony, whatever TV that he was talking about at the very beginning of the episode. I'm sure he's going to brag about how Chorus looks on his new TV, and I can't wait to hear about it myself personally. And so yeah, you'll just have to return next week. Same bat time. Same Control Issues channel. Until next week, folks. We love you.